think it's a really great topic because we all do it. And like I said to you before, for some it's quite chronic and problematic and for some of us it's not so but we still we still do it we find very easy ways to slide into sabotage I call it a bit of a slippery slope um because it doesn't end up well usually um so it's usually it's a it's a form of um destructive or unhealthy behavior that um um, or, or a habit that that we that we have that's unhealthy that undermines a goal that we set ourselves that uh, uh, you know undermines our efforts or even our values so they come into conflict and um, it's often more often than not it's rooted in fear and often rooted in fear gone wrong and fear gone wrong is anxiety so anxiety is about worrying about something that hasn't happened and um, the anxiety of feeling judged, failing, the whole what-if scenarios. It's very much rooted in that. Feelings of anger, feelings of irritation, frustration, all of those things can trigger us into that kind of slippery slope of self-sabotage and we see it all the time in, in the program. It's what kind of, yeah, undermines their progress they hate themselves for it or they're angry with themselves for it or they're disappointed in themselves, you know, varying things on the continuum. And, um, uh, yeah, it doesn't serve in the long run because they feel a bit defeated by it. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Blintfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturay, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements, Skincare, very, which is coming out very, very soon. I know we've been saying that for ages, but it truly is soon, and makeup. So today I'm joined by the beautiful Carol Needoff, beautiful on the inside and out. Carol is longtime member of Win at Life, and has now become a friend of ours. And I just, I love Carol. She is an amazing human and she gives a lot back to our community. So she's actually a psychotherapist. She lives uh, in Sydney and I'll drop the details to her website um, in the show notes. So you can check her out if you want to work with her. But I wanted to get her on the podcast to talk about um, self-sabotage and how your beliefs can sabotage your behavior and what you can do about it. So what I see a lot with women in our programs, um, not all of them, but some, is that they come in and even though they have all the tools and the support and the knowledge, they actually don't do work or don't do the work, sorry, or they actually self-sabotage. And, you know, we talk about it a lot in our program. I've had Carol on the podcast before to talk about how to say no. So if you haven't listened to that one, that's a really good one. But, you know, in this in this podcast, we specifically, um, you know, talk about how self-sabotage manifests, how the stories that you tell yourself can either help you blossom or hold you back, ways that different ways that women self-sabotage, and I'm sure a lot of you will resonate with this part of the podcast, um, how you can develop a tolerance for uncomfortable emotions. And I know, and I've even done it myself, is I, you know, no one likes to feel pain, no one likes to feel uncomfortable, but how you can learn to sit in those emotions um, and develop tolerance for them, where the self-sabotage habits come from, 
how you can change your beliefs to stop self-sabotaging and changing who you believe you are and building on an improved identity and talking about, you know, why it's important to focus on hitting standards and focus on the process rather than always just focusing on goals. So I hope you love this podcast and get a lot out of it. And as always, please um, give this specific podcast episode a um, rating and review. So you can actually review um, as many times as you like on the podcast platforms. So tell us what you liked about the episode and for extra brownie points and the chance to win a tub of Saturate Premium Collagen, take a screenshot of your review of the episode and post on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D. And each month I select someone who shared and they get a tub of premium collagen. So let's get into it. Welcome back, the amazing Carol. I just love Carol. She's a client of ours and she's become our friend and she's really awesome. And she contributes a lot to our um, program and the women in our program. And she's a psychotherapist and she has a lovely partner, Mark, who has also done some work with Craig, bit of training. Mark has, hasn't he? He likes the old tennis so much. Yeah, yeah. Not quite into the strength training as much as Carol, but he's really awesome too. And I've had Carol on the podcast before. Carol's been in the program for like over two years now, hey? Kitty, it's coming up to four in June. No. Yeah, June 18th. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because 20, 20 and 21 was just, just oh went God. by. I so can't June... beat that's, that's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. I thought, oh, yeah, it's coming up to three. And I went, shit, no, it's not. It's four in June this year. That is ridiculous. Yeah, like Anna and, and all of us that started in June. Yeah, four years. Wow. So you, Anna, I wonder if Noah was then as well. Yeah. And also Sean. And 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 Margie. And, and Margie. I just mm. love Margie. Mm. She's awesome. If anyone's listening to this, you might have talked to her. She works for us too. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I had Carol on the podcast a while back and we did one about saying no. Mm. A lot of women struggle to say no and they get resentful and they put themselves last. So if, I, if you struggle with that, I highly recommend going back and listening to that podcast I did with Carol because it's got some really good practical tips. But then I thought I'd get her on again because a real common theme I see with women in our program and outside of our program is, you know, they'll come in. They'll have all the knowledge, you'll have all the tools, but then for some reason they just self-sabotage. So, mm. you know, it's not that they don't know what to do um, or they don't have the support. It's just for whatever reason, they just don't do it. Like they just, they'll go well, well for a while, but then like you say, they'll self-sabotage. So I thought this could, would be really great to get Carol on and just talk about, you know, how your beliefs can sabotage your behavior and what you can actually do about it to, I guess, improve it. So Maybe, Carol, can you start by, I guess, like what is self-sabotage? Mm. Well, thank you first for having me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Um, I think it's a really great topic because we all do it. And like I said to you before, for some it's quite chronic and problematic and for some of us it's not so, but we still we still do it. We find very easy ways to slide into sabotage I call it a bit of a slippery slope um because it doesn't end up well usually um so it's usually it's a it's a form of 
um, destructive or unhealthy behaviour that, um, um, or, or a habit that that we that we have that's unhealthy that undermines a goal that we set ourselves that uh, uh, you know undermines our efforts or even our values. So they come into conflict, and um, it's often more often than not it's rooted in fear and often rooted in fear gone wrong. And fear gone wrong is anxiety. So anxiety is about worrying about something that hasn't happened and um, the anxiety of feeling judged, failing, the whole what-if scenarios. It's very much rooted in that. Feelings of anger, feelings of irritation, frustration, all of those things can trigger us into that kind of slippery slope of self-sabotage and we see it all the time in, in the program. It's what kind of, yeah, undermines their progress they hate themselves for it or they're angry with themselves for it or they're disappointed in themselves, you know, varying things on the continuum. And, um, uh, yeah, it doesn't serve in the long run because they feel a bit defeated by it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I like, you know, like you and I, you sort of put together some notes for the podcast and I was having a read of it um, mm. before we got on. And, you know, you were writing about, that your mind is a really powerful thing and that the stories that you tell yourself and the things that you believe about yourself can either prevent change from happening or allow new skills to actually, you know, blossom and thrive. And I was like, oh, that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think, yeah. You know, like a lot of, and I don't know what this stems back to, is it like things that happened in your childhood or like how your parents were with you, you know, like, mm. like I, I always really say things, like I say positive things to myself, like, oh, you can do this, Kitty eventually mm. you'll be able to do it. Like you might not be able to do it now, but you just mm-hmm. need to keep trying and practicing. And if you fail, it doesn't matter. Keep going. But mm-hmm. the women will be, will say to themselves, oh, you, you can't do this. You'll never mm. be able to do this. Mm. Yep. You'll never have that's, that. Yeah. So that's the kind of saboteur, the internal kind of saboteur that's at, that's at play. Um, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's really, really hard to kind of stick to good habits and to develop new skills. Like it's, it's not easy and more often than not, you know, it is all in our mind, like you say. So we can have the best intentions to start that diet, that exercise program, start a new course. Um, but we come across some hiccup, some interruption. It can trigger some kind of a thought or an uncomfortable feeling and then we kind of get off track. Um, so, you know, we we then can tend to sometimes undermine um you know, uh, by, 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 I guess, kind of cheating on a diet. Um, what's another way that people can sabotage? They can um, be really, really late. I know I've had clients that were chronically late to sessions and they would sabotage mm. sessions and I would only get like 45-minute, 30-minute sessions for an hour. So it was a chronic pattern of behaviour and this person continually let themselves down. Or even like today, Carol, I was just thinking a good example of this. You know, we, we, did, we did the calls with the group yeah. and one of the ladies was saying, look, I prep all my food and I get it ready, but then I just don't eat it. Yeah. I just skip the meals, you know, even mm. what's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's really questioning um, yourself about, well, hang on a minute, why is it that I I entered the program? Why is it that I embarked on this process? Mm. And and the planning is part of the process to ultimately reach her goal of wanting to be healthier, yeah? Mm. But Mm. she won't be healthier unless she follows these little basic steps 
have this process and it's a process that we need to learn and it takes longer than two or three months or four months to get really consistent at it. It can take 12 months, two years to get consistent, but the key is to keep doing it. Mm. And so, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky and like you said, if we tell ourselves that, you know, we're fat, we're ugly, we're, we're, we're not smart enough, we're not good about good, good enough, um, um, you know, we'll have a lot of negative, horrible kind of abusive statements about ourselves and we'll end up just feeling like crap. And then mm. our self-esteem plummets mm. um, and it's already low because <clears throat> we're not feeling good about ourselves and our sense of self-worth can't be lifted when we're in that state of mind Mm. and in that state of mind it's we're really quite emotional so there's lots of feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness so the self-sabotage kind of comes in nicely and confirms all of this for us and it provides justification for me being you know that unworthy or not good enough or just not good at it person and I will fail so I kind of set myself up to fail um you know if we worry ahead of time let's say, and we make assumptions about general, generally speaking, like it's, let's say a job interview or, mm-hmm. or starting a new project, we could have this internal shitty committee that goes on in our heads about what's not happened yet. And um, we'll comfortably sabotage by talking ourselves out of it. Like, what if this happens? What if I start fidgeting? Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling confident enough. Um, and maybe you're not ready. So it's really recognising that, you know, how is it that I'm talking to myself? What is it that I'm telling myself? How negative am I? How, how, how uncomfortable do I feel um, um, about this next, you know, job interview or, or, or program I'm about to kind of embark on? So it's really important to understand what it is that I tell myself. Um, when it can impact relationships too, because if you're a friend of someone, you know, it's exhausting. Let's say, you know, if you're on the side of this, the other side of this, and you're listening to someone who constantly negates all things positive that you put forward, um, you know, and there's a repeated lack of follow through. They just don't do it. Um, you know, as you've described, there are clients that, you know, you direct and you offer direction and they still have a hard time following through with what's kind of required of them to, to succeed. Um you know, it's it's difficult. It's exhausting for for friends and for big coaches and all the rest of it because you know they appear unmotivated, unreliable. In some instances, you know they feel lazy, they're uncommitted, and they lack that drive. So these repeated failures and disappointments just tend to create more guilt and frustration, mm-hmm. and then that just feeds more shame for the person that further sort of supports low self esteem. Um, But one thing that I I want to mention as well is developing a tolerance for uncomfortable emotions because I think, Mm. you know, our emotional intelligence is something that we really need to build on and work on. That in itself is a skill. And we only know how to deal with emotions given what was modelled and what we experienced growing up. So if, if, you know, if we're not comfortable with anger or conflict if we're irritated if we're frustrated if we are uncomfortable in whatever whichever space it is be it my sadness my grief or or disappointment 
and I don't have a tolerance for it. I want to talk myself out of it, act out of it in some way so that I don't feel it. And that often can lead to sabotaging behaviour. Mm. Yeah, that's when we'll reach for that that bottle, you know, the, that drug. Or wine. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 you know, that bar of chocolate, you know. It's, yeah. it's really understanding, being able to go, hang on a minute, what's going on for me right now? Mm. Um, um, and the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'll come back to a bit more of the emotions, mm. but there's a woman called um, Carol Dweck, and, and she's really well known for her work on the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And I love what she says about this. This is so relevant. Even to your young teens, to talk to them about this, I think is really important. I'll just read what she quotes here. She describes the difference between these two mindsets and how they impact your performance. So these are her words, quote, in a fixed mindset, students believe their basic abilities, their intelligence, their talents are just fixed traits. They have certain amount and that's that. And then their goal becomes to look smart all the time and never look dumb. So in a growth mindset, students understand that their talents and abilities can be developed through effort, good teaching and persistence. They don't necessarily think everyone's the same or anyone can be Einstein, but they believe everyone can get smarter if they work at it. Mm -hmm. So this is so important to understand. So let's say you've been told all your life, you're so smart, everything will come easy for you, Mm -hmm. you do so well at school. And let's say in primary school, you know, it's easy to kind of pick up on syllabus, et cetera, but then you've got to work a bit harder in high Mm -hmm. school and it's all, what's going on? I'm not doing as well. I'm supposed to be this smart person, but I'm not putting anything into the application, you know, and the process kind of thing. And it can start small. I remember as a as a young mum, I remember, you know, even kind of family, extended family members had younger children. They said, oh, no, they don't eat corn and they don't eat cheese. I'm thinking, well, when did they learn that? And mother will say in front of them, oh, no, they don't eat corn, oh, they don't eat cheese. So these kids continue to grow up not eating corn and not eating cheese. And I was horrified. I thought, oh, my God, I don't want that to happen. And I would just keep offering my children, you know, if they were kind of curling their nose up an egg or something, I said, just, just have it, just have it. <laughs> I wouldn't force feed them, but I kept offering it so they would eventually, you know, pick it up and eat it. But that's how we learn. We learn things by what we're told, um, whatever our whatever our key influences are, and that's why social media is so so kind of dominant and and plays a big part in this day and age about self esteem, self worth, and why we have the problems that we do in society about body image. So if we keep telling ourselves, "Oh, I'm not a lifter. I'll never lift that heavy." I'm not sciencey or I'm not techie. I'm not going to be able to do that, Kitty. I don't know anything about computers. How am I going to learn this app? I'm not an athlete. I'm a procrastinator. All of these beliefs become really rigid and and all we need to learn over time is like I haven't learned that yet. You know, we need to cultivate, you know, a, 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 a space where we can um, learn and develop and have that seed, you know, germinate and become a seedling and then ultimately become this amazing tree, you know. We're not going to tell a seedling, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, why aren't you growing? Why aren't you that big oak tree? You know what I mean? So, you know, we have to go um, and be be um, accepting of the process that it takes to become bigger and thrive and blossom and that kind of thing. I was to say, Carol, like it's a, you know, like it, you know, when you say, tell yourself, okay, 
because it sounds a bit cheesy. I think sometimes think it sounds a bit cheesy, but it works. It works because I think it gives you the courage to try. And yeah. then when you try things, you get some motivation. And even if you fail, you try again. And then you realize eventually that if I persist with this long enough, I mean, not everything. I probably couldn't be a singer because my voice is terrible. But you know what I mean? Like you That's obviously right. would That's be realistic. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like it. You, the more you do it, you prove to yourself that over time you yeah. can learn new things, that you can get there, that it's normal to experience failure is on the way. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think then eventually you just get conditioned. You know, like my sister's, I don't know, we're having some conversation on the weekend and she's like, you know, for as long as I've known you, which is your whole life, obviously, because she's my sister, but she's mm. like, you've always just been really fearless, but you just, you know, you don't like a job, you change. You know, mm. you go and try new things, you built this business. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm like that. Mm. I've just always been like that, you know, but I think in my mind, I'm like, well, you're not going to know if you don't try. Mm. Like I'd rather, I always think like, oh, I'd rather regret the things I've done as long as I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to kill someone or do anything that really hurts someone, but you know, like obviously I'm probably not going to do that, but you know, if you just, what, what's the worst that can happen if you try stuff, mm. you know, yeah. like. It's some people are just so sensitive to getting it wrong. So, you know, um, kind of perfectionism is a classic, mm. classic yeah. kind of problem of sabotage. Um, you know, disease to please in some regards. So, if you've been brought up with a critical parent who kind of shames you or makes you feel uncomfortable for having done poorly in exams or at school because that was a big value for them and well, that's not good for a child in terms of, you know, being accepting and accepted and pleasing parents, which is what we're all about. Um, I better make sure that I don't mess things up, that I don't muck it up, that I don't make mistakes. So that's mm. where that perfectionism starts to kind of set in. So um, if it's not going to be perfect, then I might just avoid it. I'll just mm. run because mm. I'm terrified of the judgment and the criticism that might prevail. So that's how kind of avoidance arises in some way. We fear the judgment and that's kind of where it begins. And if we didn't get that growing up, then we may not have that fear. Mm. But for some people, you know, appearances were everything, what people thought of you it was everything, um, what people think is, is, is key. So that per- perception, external perception, is a big role, but it does set us up to be really fearful of of what will what will they say, what will they think, and therefore, what if I get it wrong or stuff it up, and I'll just procrastinate a bit longer. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, um, I have this other example too. You know, and this is this is kind of can be pretty powerful, but um, you know, I guess it's a client. It's a client of mine. You know, what if you know, your achievement and your doing well exceeds that of your family origins kind of successes, you know. So you might come from, I guess, poorer socioeconomic um, standards in some regards, struggling, um, you know, there's this kind of major dysfunction, let's say, and you decide to embark on some PhD psych degree, let's say, you know, and... And all you hear from the family are things like oh, mockery and surely they made a mistake on your graduation certificate. Um, that can't be right. So constant invalidation for your success. You're never really, 
from the people that it matters the most. Mm-hmm. You're never really going to believe that you've achieved what you've achieved. So this is kind of how the imposter syndrome becomes kind of prevalent. You know, we can't believe that we've got to the place where we are and successful. I can't believe I'm actually getting for that job and I'm really just not going to have this foreboding fear of, what if they find out really what I'm like and where I've come from kind of thing. So that, that's kind of a real, a real thing. So, you know, we will then sabotage in ways by, um, um, you know, not, not, not really kind of rising up and optimising ourselves, you know. We'll, we'll just kind of stay in the shadows and, and not, not ever really challenge ourselves and somehow and not really really kind of encourage ourselves we never develop that confidence in ourselves and until we kind of get some help around that but um that's another way that 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 you know we end up thinking that we're a fake or we're a phony and not helpful but it stems from that family origin you know tall poppy you know Mm. cutting us down and not giving us that 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 to embrace those possibilities that you know, do better, do better than me. I'm so proud of you. They don't hear that. They just get, surely there must be an error, you know, I don't know who's who, who was marking your stuff kind of thing, you know. Isn't it crazy uh, to think that, like, some parents would actually be like that? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I can't, I just can't imagine it because I was very lucky to have very yes. nice parents. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't even imagine that you'd say that to your child. Yeah, And that's yeah. someone that you love. I know. It's mind-blowing. Well, they have an interesting way of expressing their love. I mean, you know, given with you know people that I see in my in my rooms, and um, yeah, uh, that's what they're kind of. That's why they they're where they are. You know, <laughs> that's why I guess you know they're having a chat to me about it. They're trying mm. to kind of learn to like themselves and see their self worth and their esteem. Um, you could see why they believe that because the person that's supposed to love you the most in the world and support you and is telling them that they're shit, basically. Yeah. You can see why that would. Yeah. Yeah. They will undermine. They mm. undermine and sabotage their feelings of success and achievement. So, um, yeah, it's very invalidating and, and uh, can kind of be set up that way. There's a lady, um, Amy Cuddy. Have you seen mm. any of her stuff? The Wonder Woman. So. Pose. No. <clears throat> yeah, she... She's all about, um, you know, behavioural scientists and all about um, how our bodies can change our minds. So if people want to look up Amy Cuddy's TED Talks on, you know, the power pose, the Wonder Woman pose, she really goes into, she talks about her story and and it's not like she wanted to be a singer and never had a voice and then, you know, became Whitney Houston. It wasn't anything like that. It was, it's more about her struggle to um uh just turn off my phone here it's making a noise um how she overcame her fears and doubts about who she was um and her story is that it didn't always always a high achieving high performing student you know she really her identity was quite solidified in being a smart person. So at 19 when she had horrendous car accident, I get tears in my eyes listening to her story actually when I watch her talk about it because she's she, she gets touched by it when she talks about it and she had this horrendous car accident at 19 and she was thrown out of the car and got severe brain damage and she was told constantly that you will never 
be that smart again. Her IQ did go down, but she was determined. You know, she worked really, really hard. She did continue to take herself to college and it took her four years longer than everybody else, but it didn't matter. And she, she worked under an unbelievable kind of mentor, kind of boss person and um, had to do this presentation and she was shitting herself about having to do this presentation to these groups of people and uh you know her mentor you know basically said to it you are going to do this you are going to do this and you're going to do it really really well and when you get up there you know everyone will be listening and you're going to do it again next week and the week after and the week after and you'll be amazing and you need to fake it until you become it and and it's not just telling her fake it till you make it it's like yeah. until you become you know that pride and that and that um you know possibility for herself and it was life-changing and she did and she did it and she repeated it over and over and over and over and she got support and uh, it's kind of that's what it takes um um, it doesn't work for everybody, but I don't know if anyone else watches Grey's Anatomy. Like yeah. uh, you do, don't you? Yeah, I love well, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, what an inspiring story, though. That lady. I'm going to go what, listen to a TED talk. Yeah, listen to a TED talk. Um, and and uh, you know they're just they're just brief, 16, 20 minutes. But she goes into the science of how um, how to how the studies that they did with people that entered job interviews <clears throat> who went in and you know held their posture confidently, took two minutes in the bathroom and just kind of held a power pose or their arms up in the air rather than went in, curled over, hunched over, fiddling with their hands, you know, how they felt answering questions and really difficult ones and the interviewers had to give them nothing, you know, like just questions but no response but they had to come out and then report how they experienced each applicant kind of thing. So it was really interesting work. So, you know, that, that amongst other things is, is something that, that can work for people is that mm. as cheesy as it might feel for some, it's like, well, you know, lean into it, you know, give mm. it a go and, and um, you know, it could really change that particular mm. difficult difficult lift for you or presentation for you or whatever it might be that Mm. you're having time about i hope you're enjoying the episode so far i just wanted to quickly jump in and talk about our seven day eat more train less and get results challenge so if you're listening to this you may already be in the challenge but if you're not and you're new to the podcast and new to this whole world of pro-metabolic eating, I know that eating more and training less to get results probably sounds counterintuitive, but hopefully, um, you know, once you listen to a few more of these episodes, um, you know, it'll start to make more sense and you'll stick with me. So, you know, the reason that we see so many women struggle to lose weight sustainably is because they continually jump from quick fix diet to quick fix diet where they drastically cut calories, carbs and food groups and punish themselves with excessive exercise. So, of course that works to lose weight in the short term, but it's never ever sustainable. And a lot of women end up gaining all the weight back plus more. And these diets, you know, when you do them over a long period of time, they impact your thyroid, your adrenals, and your reproductive hormones. And many women are left with poor sleep, digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, and low energy. So this is exactly why we developed um, the seven-day program. And it doesn't matter if you have five kilos or 50 kilos to lose or whether you want to get strong or you just want to tone up. 
The challenge was purposely built for women who want to achieve sustainable results without drastically cutting calories, food groups, or sugar or carbs, or working out six or seven days a week. And other, and unlike other programs that you'll find online, it's actually a holistic approach, which provides you with everything you need for long-term success, more energy, stable moods, better sleep, great digestion, hormone regulation, and of course, long-term sustainable body composition change. So the seven-day challenge provides a full meal plan, workout, workout plan, sorry, for the home and the gym, training exercise videos to help guide your workouts, education on food tracking and macros, metabolically supported recipes, supplement guides, two weekly coaching calls with myself and Craig for a month, a private community, and most importantly, education for long-term success. So it's time to take control back, stop starving yourself, restore your metabolism, and finally get results by eating more and training less. Now, if you're skeptical, this is the perfect place to start because we're so confident in our approach that if after completing the seven days, you don't believe that you can achieve your goals by eating more and training less, then we'll refund your money. Um, and when you buy the course, you actually get lifetime access. So you don't just get it for seven days, you buy it and you keep it for life. So I'm going to pop the link um, to the seven-day course in the show notes, and let's get back to the episode. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, mm, mm. So, uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, nothing. nothing. Um, so, so I was going to say, that, you know, like how – how do people change then like you, you know, in this, in the notes that you send me, you you talk about, you know, you have to change your beliefs Mm. and you need to want to change. Um, Yeah. You talk more about that. Yeah. You, you, excuse me. You need to want to see how it is that you're rigid and fixed in your mindset. And, and you need to realize that you have to bend. Um, to change to particularly this growth mindset that Carol Dweck talks about. Um, we need to we need sometimes to get help in understanding what those blocks are. Um, you know, what is the belief? As you say, what is it that I, you know, tell myself about myself? And what are some of the tools that I can use to help myself? Now, if it's, you know, chronic anxiety, you know, really gets in the way of a lot of um functions for people and is very debilitating and often it, it, it stems from um, you know beliefs that we have about ourselves and fears <clears throat> so that could be helped by therapy you know mm. go and see counseling psychotherapy a psychologist the EFT um, you talked about EFT EFT therapy about, do you think therapy. that there's different therapies that work better like you're going to find something that you like that'll work yeah better? You want to work with someone who's who's going to who's interested in looking at you know the deeper issues, the deeper beliefs, the um, 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 the EFT, uh, the deep inquiry work that 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 I do with certain clients, um, um, schema therapy that's done with um, you know psychologists use. Um, so all very similar. Mm. Um, slightly different modalities, but ultimately looking towards the same kind of outcomes. Let's try and debunk the myth that I tell myself about myself. Um, I really feel like that's it, a good investment, Carol. Like I just was thinking, you yeah. know, like don't, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't want to go and spend that money or I maybe don't need that or like I am too proud to go and say, you know, people mm. are scared to say that they need help. Yeah. But, like, it's just, 
I think. Well, yeah, well, mm. if, you know, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s and don't feel like you are not, um, you know, you never finish anything, you know, you struggle with this constant pattern or cycle um, of, of sabotage or, you know, in completing things, disappointing yourself, letting yourself down or others, um, it's, it's definitely worth your investment. Mm. Um, to to do it, invest in yourself, um, optimize. Mm. Mm. Um, starting with little things like practicing mm. little action steps. Um, what I love about James Clear, you know, Atomic yeah. Habit. Yeah, you're a big fan of him, and you kind of introduced him to us actually in the program back in eighteen, which is when he published his book actually, mm. and. <clears throat> so it was new then, but he makes so much sense in that book and I recommend people to read that too. Um, so he's all about this changing our identity. So he's all about focusing on changing who you believe you are, your identity. It's the most important thing and it's not really just about what it is that you look like, you know, so building a better identity rather than getting the right result because that's just not sustainable. So what he means by that is like if I want to be, let's look at it in terms of win at life and look at yourself, right, and I know that you practice these principles. It's a bit like if I want to be strong, I can't worry about the abs that I don't have or the guns that I don't have. I just have to focus on and worry about getting to the gym every day in order to build a strong body. Mm -hmm. So I can't focus on those outcomes. It's, it's almost like, you know, predicting a goal that's unattainable. I want to want to build. Um, so for oh, my, my classic thing is um, I remember two years ago saying, by the end of the year, I'm going to be able to do 10 pull-ups. Oh my gosh, it's been nearly two or three years. And I've, you know, I've set the challenge out to the women in the program and said, how many can you do? It doesn't matter, you know, trying to rally support for myself and also for them to give it a go. Because so many women say, oh, I can't do any. I can't do a pull-up. Yeah. And it's like, of course you can't. And neither could I, but I can three, four, five, maybe. Like I still hover around three, four, and five. It hasn't yeah. changed. It's better. <laughs> Uh, I've just got tired of videoing myself doing the same amount. <laughs> but but effectively, I need foundation. I need to do other work to develop strength to, do, to be able to do a pull-up. It can't just be this crystal balling, I'm going to lift 100, you know, kilograms of something by this date. That doesn't work. But what does work is the process. And so he's all about if I want to become this person, if I want to be a confident person, if I want to be a strong person, what choice am I making today to ensure that the little steps I make that compound over time are going to ultimately give me the success? Mm. And, and, and being able to go, well, um, I just need to be consistent with the gym. I don't have to be intense and maniacal about it. <laughs> intense i mean intensity you can be intense sometimes but we're not going to be sustainable if we're intense we'll burn mm. out mm. so i just need to be consistent and on those days when i'm too tired had a bad sleep you know i've seen eight clients back to back whatever it might might be someone's situation for not feeling emotionally up to it mm. 
and you're and you're meant to be doing 50 push-ups in the gym. I don't know, whatever it is. Just do one. Just do a push-up in your bedroom. And then you've at least done the one. It's still going to be better than none. And you'll feel mm. better about yourself. So mm. I think I was really struck by that. It's like you don't have to, you know, throw the whole baby out with a little bath water and then completely go on this tangent and go, oh, it's hopeless. What's the point? Like we were just talking to someone before who really just needs to reset. But so so concerned about how how to get back on track because she felt so off track mm. how do I possibly get back on track and it's like just do one little thing to get back on yeah, track start make, con- make contact with a coach yeah so it's it's about community and getting support and support yourself mm. so otherwise we get lost in it we get lost in our heads and then our mind plays tricks on us and we just tell ourselves all sorts of rubbish Mm. Um, and and you just actually need to what identity do you want to take on what are the action steps that it that it's going to need to take every day to get there set yourself a schedule you know James Clear is all about showing it up Mm. showing up and sticking to it Um, so results can't define us he says your talent, your job, your performance, etc. it sets up a fixed mindset. So dedicating yourself to showing up every day and focusing on the habits that form a better identification of yourself is when you actually learn and develop and cultivate new skills. So because we're not born with them, mm, but, we mm. can, but we can learn them and we need to give ourselves the tolerance and the patience to get there. And, and, and this is where instant gratification is an enemy as well because we don't see results fast enough oh totally and i think and we are and we yeah. are and we are kind of bombarded with top end front <laughs> stage bodies all totally. the time you know totally. and i think you know like what i always think is at the end of the day if you show up and give it your best shot and you be consistent the result is the result regardless so yeah. it's like, that's all you can ask of yourself. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I like, I just make my standard of success action. <laughs> just like, well, if yes. you show up and you do it, yes, whatever the result is, is the result. You did yes. your best. So, yeah. you know, like you might achieve it, you might not, but eventually you'll probably get there if you just keep persisting, you know? Um, yeah. And then, you know, I always think in my head, like, okay, I think, oh, imagine if I just keep doing this every day, imagine where I'll be in 12 months time. Exactly. You know, yeah. rather than going, I need to get here, or I have to get here, or you know, why like, are here? Yeah, I yeah. should be here. You know, yep. shooting yourself and that kind of thing. Um, so, um, what else was I going to say? Um, the emotional tolerance. Yes, so that's really good. I think too. <clears throat> yeah, developing an emotional tolerance. So being more accepting of ourselves. Um, growing up along emotional lines, um, not being frightened of our feelings, but embracing them and 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 handing it over and and really kind of allowing yourself to kind of go, oh, well, you know, I don't feel so great, but does this have to invalidate everything that I've worked with so hard, or does it have to invalidate my my goal of you know being strong or you know eating pro-metabolically or whatever whatever I've put my mind to kind of thing you know so 
developing that emotional tolerance is very much about, again, could be work that you could do with a therapist about really understanding and, and being able to describe the feelings that you're having. So we need to have sadness. If we don't have sadness, then we'll never um, um, allow ourselves to go inward, build capacity. So that's what sadness is all about. It means I need to go inward. I need to withdraw. I need to kind of um, recalibrate myself such that when I can come out and I feel a bit stronger, I have more capacity. Mm. And in that space, I need to feel comfort and I need to feel supported. Mm. So sadness is very much about taking time out, looking at looking at self and going inward such that I can build capacity and come back out again. I need to get irritated and frustrated and angry because um, that means that something's not okay. Someone's mm -hmm. been hurt or, or something's not going, is not going to plan and, you know, my obstacle, uh, there's an obstacle in my path and, and I, I didn't, I wasn't in the plan. So I'm angry and I'm annoyed about that. And um, so it, we need to feel anger and frustration because that means something needs to change. So anger motivates change and we need to understand that about us. So if I'm sitting there unhappy with myself, it's like, well, well what has to change? Mm. It makes sense that I'm angry or upset or I'm frustrated or whatever the feeling might be on the continuum of anger. Um, so what, what, what can I do about it? How can I activate that, that anger? Who can I speak to? How can I validate myself in that? So, and not allow it to, to trigger me and have me lash out or do something impulsive mm. to make mm. it go away. Mm. Fear too, what am I really frightened of? Do I need to protect myself? Do I need to create better safety? Um, do I need more protection? Do I need some reassurance here? Should I ask the question? So fear is really important too because it's all about protection and safety and security and setting boundaries and being able to kind of say, well, I just need reassurance. I'm really concerned or worried about this kind of thing. So we need those three emotions and we need joy because we want to celebrate. So mm -hmm. if you think about emotions as a compass, if they're pointing to any one of those, then that's the need that they're communicating. So having that understanding is really going to take away the unjustified fear that people have about them that triggers them into acting out in ways that, 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 that represses or suppresses or, or depresses people. Um, so, so that's important. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that I could say about the emotional part of things? Um, I don't think so. Um, Good. And, if, you know, you're like, you know, I was thinking about how I used to just, like, drink heaps because I, you know, like, yeah. I was feeling sad or you know, something, you know, stressed, it would just yes. be like numb it, numb it with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. now I'm just like, oh, you just got to like, I just don't want to do that. And I still drink, drink occasionally, but it's enjoyment, drinking mm -hmm. for enjoyment instead of drinking to numb feelings and emotions. Yeah. And it's like looking for, other, like you say, you just got to like. Just, well, it's no longer yeah. that habit yeah. anymore, is it? Yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, because it just feel worse the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and the emotions feel worse and it doesn't change anything. Yeah, it's like pushing that balloon underwater. Yeah. That totally. Greta said, I love that expression she said, you know, um, yeah. just doesn't stay under bloody thing. Yeah, yeah it just comes back. <laughs> and you just get sick of it and you're sick of feeling shitty and, yeah, it's yeah. harder to deal with then. That's right. Um, mm. uh, so in summary, I guess, you know, 
Amy Cuddy talks about, you know, being big and making yourself big and faking it till we become it, you know, mm. could be something that takes courage and self-belief. So mm. kind of, um, you know, abiding by by those, those that kind of value of courage. Mm. Um, we need to know why we're wanting to do what we continue to, to sabotage. Um, what is the importance that you place on... Um, um, you know, the, the project or the program, whatever it is that you're wanting to do to create change for yourself. So, so let's look at if the, if the Win at Life program, yeah? what How important is that? Where is that sitting on your list of priorities currently in your life? You know, that's going to play a big role in motivation and action. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, what does it mean to me at this point in time of my life, you know? Um, and that's important to kind of reflect on. Because guaranteed, if it's not up there as important and valued or aligned with your values, you will kind of sabotage it. Yeah, you won't do it. So interesting. I spoke to this lady today and Mm. um, uh, she was like, oh, I really, I just need accountability. And she was telling me how she only sleeps like five or six hours a night and you know, so she must be so tired or she's just used mm. to it now and she feels really tired and, you know, she wants to lose 10 kilos. She's feeling shit in her skin and she just can't, you know, like needs that. She needs that accountability and support. But then, you know, we were just chatting about the program and then she was saying, I guess it just depends on what I value. I guess, you know, I've been saving up to buy this new Gucci handbag. I can either buy the handbag or I could invest in this program. And, <laughs> and yeah, But you're right. It comes back to what you value, right? Like, do you value sleeping through the night and feeling good in your skin or do you, and there's no right or wrong. I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but you know, yeah, you're right. You're not, you're not going to do it. You might say, maybe sometimes people say I value it, but really maybe they don't. Because appearances and having people, you know, look at me with this expensive bag, bag, I value that more. That means more to me. So mm. that will then how I spend my money is going to play a, was going to make a difference. Mm. Mm. Um, um, and the flip side of that is if then I continue to not sleep well, feel like crap and live unhealthily, then then, <sighs> then I'm in denial <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually not working for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's yeah. much easier and nicer for the shiny things than yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. You, yeah. it, it is hard. And I, I, I said to her, I was like, oh, I remember when I left Dubai and um, I left my husband, like I cheated on my husband and then I left Dubai and cause I, we made heaps of money in Dubai. So I just went out, like I drank so much alcohol. I went out and bought all of these designer handbags and shoes and shit, you know, just that's instant gratification. And I came home and I still felt rubbish. Like I could yeah. have, like you said, I could have gone maybe invested in a counselor and mm. not drank and taking mm-hmm. drugs and really worked hard on like, why did I do that? Why, you know, like, and tried to work through it instead of just numb it, mm-hmm. and, you know, buy all this, yeah, just, yeah, just buy all this shit. All those shoes. Got so many shoes in my cupboard that I never wear, but you know, like it, you're right. It's just easier to do that. Easier it's harder to do, to do the work, but it's so much more rewarding longer term. Yes. And we need to be patient mm. um, in that. And hence why it's not linear because yeah. patience wanes, yeah. life life gets in the way and that is normal, you see. So 
because we're not robots um, that you turn it on and are going to keep <laughs> until we break down. You know, we're not. We have life and, you know, we have to bend and we have to attend and parents get sick, children get sick, partners, you know, that all gets in the way. We just have to remember in the long run that we don't need to, um, you know, abandon our needs, you know, sabotage ourselves in the process. Um, um, I feel like you've got to, like, expect that you're going to fuck it up and you're going to fail. If you expect that, in a way, like I don't mean like you should always think you're going to fail and never succeed, but I always think in my head, like, whenever we do things in our business I'm like oh I always expect that it's not going to work straight away because I think to myself well you got to work at it you know like you got you got to make some mistakes and learn some lessons and like I always look at us and like we've made mistakes and we've learned some good lessons but we're still here and we're still growing (laughs) we're still making progress you know but if you you can't ever expect that it's going to be like you said linear and perfect and you're not going to make mistakes like it's part of it but totally. then, then if you expect that, you're not so like when it happens, you just condition yourself to go, okay, all right, so what? I, I, yep, I learned I'm, that about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's having the realistic expectations. Mm. So not to set ridiculous goals and benchmarks, <laughs> benchmarks at a particular deadline because I'm some yeah. kind of amazing mind reader, you know, like a yeah. crystal ball. It. It's, just, it's just predicting the future does not help. So having those goals um, can set you up to, to feel like you failed or that you're not good enough or you're never going to get it. So um, it's, it's more like, like like set standards instead of goals in a way. Yeah, like not what... saying don't set goals, but like if you set standards and you hit the standards, then you're probably going to get your goals. But even if you don't, it doesn't matter because you did the best you could. You hit your standards, yeah. you know, yeah. like. Absolutely. I mean, your standards are another way of saying this is the process that it takes. Mm. You know, it's it's um, having that system in place for yourself to fall back on. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's that's what you're trying to set up. You're trying to set up foundation and the scaffolding to set you up to build that really kind of grand structure, whatever it might be, kind of thing. Um, so being realistic, catching mm. yourself when you're being abusive because that only makes you feel like, you know, rubbish and a failure. Um, as I mentioned in our, in our live just before, I hear many clients say, well, I need to get mad at myself and tell myself I'm useless and get up off your ass and worse things than that. And, um, and that way, you know, I can motivate myself. And that can just sometimes be some entrenched critical internal voice that, that, that you've just integrated that's judging and shaming you and, and um, that's just not sustainable in the long run because you can't compete with that voice once it has dominance. Um, it will kind of mock you and bring you down for not doing well enough. And then your reinforcements come in and say, see, I told you you were stupid and hopeless at that shit, so why did you bother? I'll just go and drink a shitload of, drink a shitload of wine, smoke 10 million cigarettes, eat packets of biscuits, chocolates and so on. So... That's really classically cutting off your nose to spite your face or mm. throwing the baby out with the bathwater as we talk about. So you'll just feel terrible all over again, disappointed in yourself and hating on others and maybe looking to blame someone like we go into blaming. You know, that's another good one. So I don't know. I, I'm big on responsibility, the R word, and I think we just have to take responsibility for ourselves. We have to show up, make a decision, have a plan and figure out, 
you know, how realistic is it for me to be a disciplined person? And I might need to start really, really small. I've never been disciplined in my life Some for some people. I mean, I have. I mean, speaking about me personally, but there are many that haven't. So it's a whole new skill. They've never had boundaries. They've never learned discipline. So they don't even... They don't, haven't even really had a taste of how good it could actually be for them if they had them, yeah? They haven't even learnt the good feeling about discipline and boundaries and setting setting actions and, and following it through because they've never followed it through because the saboteur is always more powerful. So really being realistic with your workload, your parenting load, your emotional load, um, like I was talking about before, learning to... Be compassionate, understanding of yourself because it's very easy to talk about, um, you know, judge yourself and tell yourself you're really shit because that's really easy to do, right? Because, um, you know, you can punish yourself way back into action in some way. Like I said, I don't think that's sustainable. A far more sustainable way is say, you know, I understand how I got here. I really need to hold myself accountable. I'll talk to my coach. Um, I'm going to be compassionate and kind to myself and not be judgmental. Um, uh, and that is going to sustain you, make you feel better about yourself rather than poorly about yourself and leaves you vulnerable to unhelpful things. Yeah. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah. I think that well, I really like how you talk about responsibility taking, because uh-huh. I think that feels good because you like, you you, it means you can change. Yeah. yeah yeah it does it's it's down to you like at the end of the day you're the one that's driving this bus like kind of use that analogy a bit you know it's it's, it's up to you get behind that wheel where do you want to go mm. um um you know if it's a bit broken down sort it out um if you're not a mechanic get a mechanic to fix it, you know? <laughs> it help. so so you know all of it kind of stems from having just a greater self-awareness. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really catching ourselves when we're worried about not getting meal plans done or, or you know, not shopping enough food or not getting the training in. We can always figure out maybe why that's not working mm-hmm. and and maybe you need to try something else. So it's so much about failing forward, as we say, and and really getting getting brave and talking to your coach and developing strategies to figure out what's going to help you, um, you know, what's going to make it work. So and, and this can take weeks. So sometimes we're off the rails for ages and we're mm-hmm. God, it's been so long and I haven't checked now for one week, two weeks, three weeks. And, you know, I go into my shame about that and what will they think and they'll just think I'm terrible and, oh, you know, that that can all just be one big heap fuck, you know, if, if, if you haven't really dealt with it. Sorry, I'm swearing in this um, All right, kitty. Carol, you're on the kitty podcast. Also, <laughs> people are used to it. So, so communicating with your coaches and immersing yourself in, in all the help um, that is so available and plentiful in this particular program. Mm. Um, Remembering it's not about the results, it's about building that identity of the type of person you want to be, who you know gets Mm. to enjoy the results, Mm. yeah? And you constantly go on about, um, you know, your journey, how you got here, what it took, how long it's it's taken, where you're at now now and and you know how you stick to your process and 
And, yeah, that, that's hugely influential and impactful, hence why, you know, people kind of really, really value, um, you know, all the things that you stand for with, with Craig. Um, but but I, I think overcoming self-sabotage is, is a life-changing program and and depending on um, how chronic that problem is for you might determine how much work you need to do to combat that. Um, but given everything I've talked about today, it feels like a lot um, and it's hard and to use kind of Glenn Doyle's words of we can do hard things, if we want it badly enough and we want to improve our lives, um, and be better, I know we just kind of have to stop the bullshit mm. and um, the self-deception that kind of can keep us really sick and mm. and in these unhelpful loops um, that lead to just slippery slopes. Like I said in the beginning, you know, self-sabotage is this slippery slope that gains nothing really um, and, and it sets us up for shame for fear gone wrong, which is anxiety, problematic behaviours, disordered eating, addiction, never finishing things, problematic relationships, repression, disappointment, like negative narratives of who you are in the world. Like you can miss out on so many, many possibilities if, um, you know, we kind of continue to let that kind of saboteur dominate and frustrate us and you know, question us, question ourselves all the time in it. So stop it. <laughs> oh. Do you do Zoom sessions, Carol? Like if people wanted to reach out to you and work with you, yeah. like I'll put your website link details in the show notes. Sure. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do mm. Zoom. Mm. Yeah, yeah, more and more, obviously, since, since COVID. Mm. Um, and um but many are happy to come back face-to-face if they can and are local um, mm. in Sydney. Yeah, anyway. like obviously we'd have people all around the world listening to the podcast. <laughs> so they might, you know, someone well, from right. America might want to do one with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was uh, um, that was so good, Carol. I feel like there was just so much good information. I in feel like moment. I talked so much. That yeah. is, that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So much really, I think, good practical things you can do and and take away you know because I think yeah it's it's we all do it it's so normal it's just good to know that you are because mm. if you know you're doing it you can make change yeah and you can do it you can you can do it you can yeah. you've got to believe that you can and just try yeah. keep trying yeah just keep exactly. persisting. yeah all right well I've got to run I've got to run to the next meeting but thank you again that was I feel like that was even better than the first podcast you did. And that was a good podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for, you know, having me here in this place and chatting with you about it. Yeah. No, it's, it's great because I think, you know, we've got the nutrition, we've got the, tra- the training, but so much of it is, is this. Yeah. Like if it just comes back to if you believe you can do it and you do it and you try and you persist, you'll get there. Like that's, mm-hmm. I feel like the training is not even the hard bit. It's just can you be consistent? And your head, mm. this between your ears, it's it's um, it's it's powerful, but um, um, uh, maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> Work on it. No, get to know it. Get to know your mind and develop a stronger mind. 
and you can and you are right carol like people think oh i can't do this you can it's like anything right like you can if you want it it might be hard to start with and it'll yeah. take you time but you can you can strengthen your commitment muscle you know but you have to practice you have to absolutely you know fail yeah, I mean, work. your thinking will create your reality so really really invest in understanding you know your thinking and how it doesn't serve mm. um and what's going on here and and your emotional world like mm. really really understand what your emotions are communicating to you and mm. regulate yourself uh, mm. and get help with that if you need to yeah absolutely well thanks mm. so much um carol and i'm sure we'll probably get you on the podcast again okay <laughs> thanks so much bye